0: Welcome to Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Rack. You can follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Sorry for the disjointed nature of our hosting dumb over the last couple weeks. Bo's been taking the lion's share uh, to himself. I've had some other things that I've had to do, unfortunately. I do think about you every day that I'm not on, though. I do promise you that. Um, Bo, I've been listening to the podcast. Really appreciate you holding it down. Um, and we're going to continue your series of comparisons in the NFC West. You started with the special teams, went to defensive line. We'll do secondary today, a little bit later in the podcast. Um, what's the temperature up there right now? I'm just curious. Doing a little, doing a little check.
1: Just approaching the mid 80s up oh, here. A hole. Beautiful weekend. Nice light breeze. You guys get down to the 80s anymore? Is it? Is it? Is it even possible? What's, what's, the, what's the temperature right now? The
0: only 80 that I've noticed recently is losing 80 pounds of sweat per day because of how hot uh. it is. Yeah, no, we finally we got through June. For those that don't live in Phoenix or haven't experienced the Phoenix summer, this is my ninth one, and I'm sorry for those that have lived here 30 years. I apologize. Your skin's leather. I, it's not my fault. Um, when it comes to this summer, it's been the best so far that I've experienced because it didn't start June 1st. I think when you were here last summer, Bo. It uh, we hit 120, like, early June. The first day was right. really hot. We hit 122 or something like that. We're like, well, we're done. As a human race, we're not going to live through another summer. It was nice knowing you. It was a good run. But this summer, it didn't really start until even after the official day of summer, June 21st. It f- officially started the 30th, where we hit 110, 112 for two days in a row. So May yeah. was beautiful. June was fine. And then now... We're in the S-Storm, but we only have three months instead of four this year, so that's nice.
1: Yeah, it was basically, I think what Arizona's doing right now is just trying to make up for lost time because it started so late, and now it's just, it immediately went from very comfortable or in terms of relative to AZ to the temperature of the surface of the sun yeah. in like a matter of days. And I, now you guys are just in it. We're just in it. I mean, if, oh, yeah. I mean, if this were a Marvel yeah. comic
0: movie it would be the Punisher for the next three months. Did I do that right? I think it's Marvel. A DC. I have don't no know. idea. I've never seen him. I couldn't pick the Punisher out of a lineup.
1: Well, he's the guy that shoots guns. I don't know what he has to do with temperature or anything. Maybe the Human Torch? That might work Oh, better? that's
0: interesting. The Punisher versus the Human Torch. Everybody loses. It's going to be the first. I'm up here in the <laughs>
1: Pacific Northwest, and temperatures are lucky to get higher than Kyler Murray's matting rating. <laughs> Very good. Nice segue. So the Madden rating
0: ratings came out, and, you know, surprise, uh, not surprise, we're going to talk about the rookies first, and this is obviously what everybody wants to talk about. Um, we'll talk about the veterans next segment, but it's pretty predictable what was over on that side of the spectrum. But with the rookies, it's it's kind of like, okay, so the way I saw it was, we'll talk about the actual numbers in a second. The way I saw it was, if you average these four guys together, that's about what you thought it was going to be. Like mid-70s. Mid to low-70s. Where, you know, rookies don't get the highest grades because obviously they haven't played a game in the NFL. But you thought maybe there would be an 80 in there, maybe a 60. All four guys, spoiler alert, are in the 70s with Byron Murphy being the highest at 75 and... I think it was Andy Isabella and um, Hakeem Butler tied at the lowest at 72 with Kyler Murray at 73. What do you think about these ratings, Bo?
1: I mean, looking at the Kyler Murray in particular, just zeroing zeroing in on it, it's disrespectful. It just is. It is. I mean, you can. I'll take all the national beatdowns. I I want the entire off season into the preseason into. Uh, You know, the regular season with what they're predicting the Cardinals' record to be. But come on, the number one overall pick, Kyler Murray, checking in at a 73 overall. When you look at how Madden has rated rookie quarterbacks in the past, and I just, somebody tweeted this out, RJ Young on Twitter tweeted this out, rookie ratings for some of the quarterbacks from, actually from last year's class. And Lamar Jackson was a 79. Josh Rosen was a 78. Sam Darnold was a 75 and Kyler Murray checking in at a 73. But that's the highest of his quarterback class because Dwayne Haskins of Washington, he is just a notch back at 72. So I, I don't know. I just, think, I really feel like it's disrespectful as far as where, where he fall, where he's falling short, I think is his kind of his strength. Um, you look at his throwing accuracy and throwing power. I think that's right where it needs to be like 89, um, his short throw accuracy is around 82, which is fine. His speed is 91. That's important. And we've seen how he stacks up against Andy, Andy Isabella. Maybe it needs to be a little bit higher because Isabella's a 95, Kyler Murray's a 91, and we saw with our own eyes on social media last week that those guys had a photo finish in a 40-yard da- uh, impromptu 40-yard dash. I don't know. I know that Madden ratings probably don't matter, but it's just to me it's just kind of disrespectful.
0: That forty-yard dash was the most exciting piece of footage I've ever watched of Kyler Murray. <laughs> no, and was, seriously, it and it's yeah, and it's not because well, f- and that trumped only the sixty-plus-yard touchdown run that I've talked about all the time. I'm sorry, but I continue to bring it up a lot down the sideline, down three scores against Texas when he was at OU mid-last season in college football. It was electric. It was like, oh my god, this guy is the fastest football player I've ever seen, and I still hold true to that. When he caught up to Andy Isabella at the end of that, even though it was so dumb, Andy Isabella may not have been running full speed, we don't know. The fact that a quarterback was that fast, that was absolutely, you're right, compelling is the proper word. And I'm sure this is, you know, uh, on steroids because every footage we see of Kyler Murray is new and exciting because we haven't seen him on a football field yet in pads. But holy mackerel, bow! I watched that 10 or 15 times back to back like, man this guy may actually have game-changing speed from a position that isn't notorious for that when yields, which yields success. We haven't seen that as much as the other side, so I'm so excited for that.
1: Yeah, as you should be. I, I just don't know how, I, with all that athleticism, I mean, when you're in the... <laughs> if people aren't familiar, and they might be bored by this talk because it's it's a video game... But if you're even in there and you're in, like, the creative player and you're making, like, the perfect player, if you just get to just the pure athletic attributes of these players, you, the, your player rating skyrockets. Like, if you, if you give a guy, like, a, a speed around 90 and then you've got the throwing power and the throwing accuracy that you would want from a, you know, just a, a stereotypical quarterback, I mean, he should easily approach 75. Easily. 73... I mean, they must have just taken his ratings down as far as his his strength and his durability is is all concerned. Because I mean, as far as his acceleration, his agility, his speed, uh, his awareness is way down. I don't know how that's possible. How you play at five ten and you win a Heisman Trophy at the D one level that your awareness is sixty five? Like is, is he just completely? Is he just standing around and completely oblivious, oblivious to the world of? Around him, I mean, Bo.
0: That I, I, the only thing I could think of is awareness until you get smoked by a 240-pound defensive end or linebacker and you go down for the year. I mean, it's it's. So here's the thing. The way I see this is they're hedging their bet because you can't put him at a 60 because he's not a 60. You can't put him at an 85 because if you're catastrophically wrong, you lose credibility. You can always air low and be like man nobody saw that coming which is super easy to say because if he's a pro bowler his second year really nobody saw it coming even though he was a number 1 overall pick because nobody in his in his frame and skill set has ever been a top tier quarterback in the league even Michael Vick when he was when he was up there winning a playoff game against Green Bay when he split the defenders in that iconic video shot he was never a top three quarterback or top five quarterback in the league, because when he was there, some of the same quarterbacks in the league were top tier then. So I and and people love Michael Vick and I get it. I love Michael Vick. I loved watching him play. He was the best video game player ever, but it doesn't always translate. So it's easier to air low and be like, "Man, nobody saw it coming," than air high and be wrong
1: yeah I just feel like I mean i've seen I've honked at people that are just sta- sitting at a green light <laughs> for half a minute that have probably a higher awareness than sixty five. sixty five out of a hundred. I mean that at the quarterback position is is brutal. Um, for me, I look at this, that Madden took this as an as an opportunity. Now, I'm not going to say that Madden is a struggling franchise because it's always one of the most popular video games out there. But what do we know about Madden? From year to year, I mean, if you just get a roster patch, since like 2009, you probably could have gotten a roster patch and played the exact same video game. So they're looking for ways to stay in the spotlight. Last year, what was it? We were talking about Colin Kaepernick. Ironically, on a day where Colin Kaepernick is back in the news today. But we were talking about how Madden scrubbed his name from the franchise and they had to come back out and they had to apologize for it. But – I think that this is similar. They saw this as, hey, we have the number one overall pick and we can kind of make some headlines and turn some heads by giving Kyler Murray a low number and, you know, we can probably not necessarily be completely off base like what you were saying.
0: No, true. Absolutely true. Uh, we'll talk about this a little bit more on the other side. If you've been living under a rock, you may not know that um, the NBA free agency is happening as we speak. And, <laughs> even if you're under a rock... I'm sure that you get Wi Finder there and you'll be able to see it on your phone. But for the latest takes on NBA free agency, follow all of the Locked On Podcast Network hosts on one Twitter feed at Locked On NBA Net. An awesome way to get all the latest opinions from the local experts during NBA free agency at Locked On NBA Net on Twitter. Evan Sidery, Brendan Clean have done a great job. Right Out of the Sun. I think Brendan writes for them. It's a, it's a, a blog out here. Uh, it's actually, people, not all blogs are created equal. Bright Side of the Sun is a very highly regarded blog out here of covering the Phoenix Suns, and they're, trust me, unadulterated. They don't always side. They're not homers. Um, but yeah, Brendan Clean and Evan Snyder do the Locked On Suns podcast for the Locked On Podcast Network, and they do a great job there. So on the other side, we'll talk about a little bit more of the rookie ratings, maybe even get into a little bit of the veteran ratings for the Arizona Cardinals on Madden. But first, Bo's got something to talk about.
1: Yeah, let's talk about sex, not just any sex, good sex. Remember the days when you were just ready to go? You can increase your performance and get extra confidence in bed. Just listen up. Bluechew.com, and that's blue like the color blue. Bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up as twice as fast as the pill. So you're ready to go whenever the opportunity arises. Now, it isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for anyone, any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Did you get a 73 Madden rating in your bedroom performance? You can crank it up a little bit with some Blue Chew. Yeah, just Blue Chew is prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit bluechew.com. Get your first shipment free using this special promo code LOCKEDON, ON. Just pay $5 in shipping. Again, that's B L U E com Promo code LOCKED ON. Try it free. Bluechew. Better, cheaper, faster choice. We thank them for sponsoring Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back, Locked
0: On Cardinals. Alex Clancy Bo Brock, back together again. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Brack. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. You can listen to me on The Freaks 1 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday on Fox Sports 910 Phoenix. And you can listen to it on the iHeartRadio app as well. Madden ratings. It's funny. Every year, they get more and more important because every year, a new crop of young guys come into the NFL, most of which play Madden. Like, does Madden, is there any video game sports? related video game, I should say, that has the market cornered any more than Madden does.
1: No. And I think that they bought out, right? Didn't they, didn't they get exclusive rights to the NFL now?
0: Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Because NFL 2K, that was the fun one for me because, do you remember this? I don't know. It was 2003 or 2004. They had the helmet view where you can right. play as the guy. And that's where you play with Michael Vick and you just run, 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 run. Um, that was so fun. That was so fun. It was completely difficult to play, and it was impossible to do in the helmet view. But it was great. <laughs> like, I remember playing NCAA football. Right. NCAA football was probably, for me, the most fun because you can make your own college. You can make whatever level grade you did the recruiting and everything. It was completely different. But I think, yeah, because with, like, what's the game that everybody plays? Uh, Fortnite. There's those right. games, the free games, and then there's Madden. And FIFA, maybe, but I think Madden is the most popular of
1: all of them. I think it was 2K, the one that you were talking about, that came with one of the consoles. So a lot of people right. had it, and a lot of people were familiar with it. Think Was it T.O. was on the cover? Was that the one you were talking about? Yeah,
0: and then it was because it was, uh, NBA 2K took over for NBA Live as the most popular one. NBA right, 2K, and right. then there was triple play, 2K, whatever, for baseball. But yeah, Madden is just MVP. forever. Oh, MVP,
1: that's right. Oh, my gosh. I mean, as far as MVP, like the franchises, that, MVP 2005, and then as you mentioned, NCAA football 2014, those are like two of my favorite games that I used to play. Now, I, I barely touch or even I don't even have a console anymore. Same. But uh, those were some fun games. Like you said, the creative school, uh, taking some school that was a no-name and building it up, that was some of my favorite things to do. With some downtime, maybe not some downtime. I would just waste away. <laughs> yeah, instead of studying. Of hours. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, my God. So back to Madden. Uh, let's just run down real quick for those that haven't seen. This is all positions, and it's a little disconcerting, but you know that all of this from the national media. If you listen to Bo over the last week and a half when I've been gone, he's been talking about the lack of love that's been coming out of the national media regarding the Cardinals as a whole. So with the ratings, It kind of lends to that, where the number one overall pick, Kyler Murray, is so polarizing. Normally, you'd see a number one overall pick higher up on the ratings. Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle, number one at 80. Ed Oliver into 79. Nick Bosa, 78. Josh Allen, 77. The big one for me, and it's interesting because... Well, let me run down the rest of them and and, and, uh, remove these two people from it. Dexter Lawrence, who dropped way lower than people thought, right? He dropped down to 15 for the Giants. Because uh uh Cody uh what's his name Farrell, the the other guy from Clemson went to the Raiders at four. Clellan Farrell went to the Raiders at yeah. four. Um, up there and then Byron Murphy down at seventy five. He's like tenth on this list. Marquise Brown, wide receiver for Baltimore, is fourth. And T.J. Hawkinson, tight end uh, out of Iowa, was is seventy seven at fifth. They're both tied at seventy seven. What I don't understand with Marquise Brown is he's got a running back playing quarterback, Bo. Like, this is not Kyler Murray playing quarterback. This is a guy that broke records four or five games in a row for the amount of rushes and rushing yards from the quarterback position in Lamar Jackson. I mean, he made what Josh Allen did in Buffalo look like he wasn't rushing the ball for four or five (laughs) games in a row. And it got him into the playoffs. They just ran the ball like Tim Tebow offense, and it got him into the Mm -hmm. playoffs. He is not a talented passer. So no, why would you he's... have this rating with Marquise Brown
1: so high when you have a guy that can't throw him the rock? Well, I think that's interesting because Marquise Brown or Hollywood Brown, whatever you want to call him, the, was it uh, the cousin of Antonio Brown coming out of Oklahoma, the top receiver for Kyler Murray? Is Kyler Murray's ratings almost seem like they're handicapped by the team that surrounds them where that's not the case, as you're pointing out with Hollywood Brown and the Baltimore Ravens, it shouldn't be. I mean, you should just be rating the player. You shouldn't be taking in the factors as far as the offensive line, as far as the offense that Cliff Kingsbury is going to employ with the Arizona Cardinals or what John Harbaugh is going to employ or continue to employ with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson. It shouldn't be a factor. It should just be the player and how he is pound for pound against the rest of the league. And we're just not seeing that. And like I said, I think that that's for a reason. I think that's for a very specific reason that Madden is just looking for a couple headline grabbers, clickbait articles to be written about this franchise that wants to remain in in the spotlight. Um, It's just kind of, it's just head scratching to me. Defensive players. It's a little bit easier because you're looking more on the athleticism. You're not looking for how they can throw the football and all those different other you know, things that you would look from the quarterback position. But Quentin Williams, that makes sense. You and I, I mean, the ratings actually kind of fit pretty much how you and I ranked our draft board, right? I mean, we had Nick Bosa, Quentin Williams, Quentin Williams and then we looked as far as Murray was more of a fit guy, right? He was a guy that just matched up with Cliff Kingsbury in his offense, and that kind of marriage that was waiting to happen. But when you look at how the ratings fall, that's kind of how we ranked our NFL draft prospects, the entire offseason.
0: Yeah, and listen, it's not brain surgery to do what we did. I mean, we're not saying that, right. you know, we're we're taking, these are all European players coming to the NBA, and we had them all down to a science. Not exactly, but um, yeah, I mean, that's about right. When you look, because Quentin Williams made a late push. Like, he was a horse that doesn't make the push until the last turn of the Belmont, where it's a long stretch. This Quentin Williams was a, was the late, was the late push guy, late push horse, late push horse to potentially be taken number one overall by the Cardinals. Uh, it obviously didn't come to fruition. but these Ed Oliver surprises me the most just because you know he got because he got in that fight with his with his coach on the sideline, uh, you know in one of the games he dropped and everybody Ed Oliver was looked at to be the number one overall pick when when all of this recruiting really started to start, really started to happen. and um, that one surprises me the most. But other than that, yeah, I mean, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. All these guys are all within five points of each other. Byron Murphy, again, at 75, a second-round pick, the highest-rated corner uh, coming out of here. And really, if you look down the list, it, you have to go down to Greedy Williams at 73, which is seven or eight guys lower to have a guy that's close to his rating. So it's interesting to see where the Cardinals are, and it's interesting to see where these all these ratings are ahead of the 2019 NFL season. On the other side, we'll continue the ranking series of the NFC West. Bo has done the special teams and defensive line. Not great reviews so far. We'll talk about the secondary, one of the Cardinals' strengths, next, Locked on Cardinals.
1: Welcome back, Locked on Cardinals. Last segment of the day, Bo Brock, Alex Clancy. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Bob Brock, at Clancy's Corner, at AZ Cardinals For all your up-to-date Cardinals information, if you want to hear us while you drive to work, we'll just tell your smart device. If it's Bluetooth to your car speaker, tell it to play Locked on Cardinals. Same thing goes for your smart speaker in your home. Just tell them to play Locked on Cardinals. Also, uh, however you get your podcast, if it's Himalaya, if you haven't checked out this new podcasting hosting site application, check it out in the App Store, Google Play, Apple, uh, iTunes Store. You can find it there, Himalaya Free, easy to use. Check it out, and once you get there, Make sure you're following, listening to Locked on Cardinals. We're going to continue right now our final segment of this Tuesday edition of the podcast with a look at how the Arizona Cardinals stack up against the rest of the NFC West as far as the secondary is concerned. uh, I started this series a couple weeks, or last week. We looked at the special teams. Cardinals finished third in the division. And defensive line, they finished last in the division. Where are they going to stack up in the secondary? Let's see if Alex and I agree on this one. Uh, let's get into the rankings right now.
0: Sure. I mean, why don't you kick it off, kind of give me your stencil, and I will
1: piggyback off that. Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of looking at it, and I mean, the Arizona Cardinals did make some moves as far as their secondary is concerned. We well, you know what Patrick Peterson brings to the table. He, of course, is a perennial pro bowler. He's made the pro bowl each and every season he's been in the in the NFL, but he's suspended for the first six games of the season. Does that factor in? I still think that the Cardinals have – a secondary that's capable of getting it done. I like Buda Baker. I like DJ Swaringer. I like the draft edition of Deontay Thompson from Alabama and Byron Murphy. Uh, Robert Alford comes in as a, as a veteran and Tremaine Brock as well. I think that the Arizona Cardinals, even without Patrick Peterson, I think they can get as high as second in the NFC West. Uh, as far as the uh, NFC West rankings are concerned, I think the top team in the division belongs to the Rams still, You know, maybe Aqib Tlaib has lost a little bit as far as overall playing, but he's still very talented. So is a guy like Marcus Peters. I just like what they're able to do. Eric Weddle, in addition, in the offseason, I like that secondary. uh, But I still think that the the Cardinals are in the position to be number two, and Seattle's maybe a close third. I like Shaq Griffin. I think that he's a very talented corner, but there's not much more in that uh, Seattle Seahawks. Defensive secondary with a couple guys that have lost, left via free agency. And then what's going on in San Francisco, that continues to be a weak spot for that secondary. Not very talented, even though I liked, I said last week, their defensive line, very talented in what they did this, this offseason, but they're dead last as far as I'm concerned.
0: So you'd go 4 3 2 1 San Francisco, Seattle, Cardinals, Rams? Correct. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. That is, see what. What the Seahawks have, besides a little bit more experience in the secondary that the 49ers don't, is that insanely talented linebacking core. These guys, Bobby Wagner and K.J. Wright alone, anchor this defense to make it easier for the secondary with, that has more holes now than it, than it has in the last seven years since Russell Wilson got there. Everybody's gone. Cam Chancellor's gone. Earl Thomas is gone. Richard Sherman, is, Richard Sherman is gone. The Legion of Boom, the secondary portion of that, is gone. But when you have a guy like Bobby Wagner and a guy like K.J. Wright, guys that have anchored this defense to bring it to levels that people haven't expected them to to be able to get to, with the issues that they've uh, with with losing players, it makes it easier for the secondary. But I agree, they're still third in this line, and I think you may be giving the Rams secondary a little bit too much credit just because of the age factor. And I know you're saying about Aqib Tlaib is kind of on the decline. Marcus Peters has shown flashes of being one of the best corners in the league to being one of the worst. Guys, it, it's given up huge plays when he was with Kansas City when at one point, his interception numbers, interception to games play numbers were absolutely astronomical. The fact that he was had that much output with interceptions alone, but being a corner, being a great corner, doesn't just uh, uh, depend on your interception numbers. It depends on so much more. I think that they're still at number one because of the acquisition of Eric Weddle. Even though he's older, this guy is one of the best safeties that this league has ever seen, especially over the last two decades or so. But when it comes to the Cardinals, this is the best jumping off point that they've had to start a season in the last, I mean, Bo, tell me has there been a better secondary that the cardinals have had this is pending um pending Byron Murphy being not elite but being an above average corner do you see a better st- standing uh, starting off
1: point that the cardinals have had ever uh, i mean it's tough i mean we had a we had a secondary that featured Tyron Matthew and Patrick Peterson and then you know you didn't know what you were going to get from a guy like Tony Jefferson who ended up being a big time player for the cardinals but no i, I mean Byron Murphy was argued as the best corner in the draft. He's the guy that had the highest rating, as you mentioned earlier in the program about the, the matting rating. He's already 75, and he, he's expected to play some, some bit, a big role for this team early on with Patrick Peterson being suspended. And also that's, that's a factor as well. But I just like the depth. I like the young athleticism from Murphy and Thompson mixed with the veteran additions of Alfred and potentially Tremaine Brock. And then once Peterson gets back and you get the 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 – the back end of that secondary with Buda Baker and DJ Swearinger, I just think I really like that. I think you're right. Buda Baker is a, a guy that we haven't really talked about today, but man, his his ability he, it has to translate to him making plays. I know that interceptions are just a sexy, maybe overblown statistic, but he needs to. He doesn't have one so far in his two years. He needs to change that this year. But no, absolutely a ton of talent in that secondary, and it, it stacks up there. And it and it could be absolutely. A, a, a group that could hurdle the Rams as far as the NFC West is concerned.
0: Yeah, and, and what we've been waiting for, and especially since you and I have joined this podcast together and me the year before, we've been waiting for an actual defense, and I think that we've been looking at it with too close of lens under a microscope because we're so close to the situation. This is the defense we thought we were going to get last year maybe not to the level because the free agency acquisitions weren't there with Jordan Hicks, Robert Alfred, and Terrell Suggs to a certain degree, but we thought we were going to have a much better defense last year than we did this year. It was going to take the leap into not elite defense across the NFL, but getting close, the second second tier of that. This year is something that the Cardinals should be able to rely on, especially bringing Vance Joseph in with the 3-4 defensive scheme to be able to rely on the the defense to keep this young, young, with several question-marked offense in games. And that's something that, if the offense can stay on the field, this defense could be a top-seven or top-eight defense next season. And I'm not saying that as a homer. I'm not saying that as a guy that does a Locked On Cardinals podcast. I'm saying that as look at the players that the Cardinals have. Look at the ones they've acquired. Darius Phylon, huge defensive tackle acquisition, even though he's not a big name. DJ Swearinger coming back towards the end of last season. He's a guy that has been a Cardinal. Robert Alford, you have a guy that was up and down, but for the price point was great to be the potential second corner if Byron Murphy doesn't take that spot. This is a defense that the Cardinals can be excited about going into next season. And I think that's why they're one eight of the Rams right now because they don't have the star power. But as you said, they could easily take over that number one ranking mid season. We don't know. We just have to see.
1: Tomorrow we'll continue our rankings for the NFC West. I think I'll get into the tight end groups where the Cardinals stack up a lot of movement at that position this offseason. Max Williams coming over, Charles Clay. The, uh, they drafted a tight end as well. How that group's going to stack up against the rest of the division, uh, we'll get into it tomorrow.
0: That's Locked On Cardinals, baby. Bo, we'll check to you then. I'm off the rest of the week. You're in good hands with Bo Brock, who will only give you 10% fake news, which will be fantastic. Talk to you then. <laughs>